0: Sanyika, the fire starter street, joins me for an absolutely fire conversation where we talk all the way through why people say, How are you? and how to interact with a question as simple and as basic as that in a new and transformational way to how he uses community to help up-level the transformation that he delivers to his men in his community. And right at the end, right as we're closing out, Sanyika answers a question about why he's in D.C. right now and what his responsibility to himself is in a conversation he's going to have with his own father. You cannot miss a minute of it. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining, Sanyika. You and I have now been working together for several months, and I am delighted to be able to share you with my audience. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, yes. It is an honor to be here on the Elements of Community Podcast with you, Sir Lucas, from the House of Ruth. You get powerful distinctions with me that you did not necessarily need to have a sword put on your shoulder to get. I do like. So, I kind of feel like there was a sword involved there, like <laughs> on your <the> shoulder. <laughs> Got it. So, for those of you who do not know me, and for those of you who do know me for, for shits and giggles, my name is Sandika. Um I'm also known as the Fire Starter. My last name really is Street. I am currently coming to you live from another section of the street household on the East Coast, which is where I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Shout out to the DMV. And we call it the DMV not because it's the Department of Motor Vehicles, uh, but because the two states that border Washington, D.C., Maryland and Virginia are synonymous with the area. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, but I never would have thought of it (laughs) (laughs) for sure. I mean, D.C. is a city that's never going to be a state until somebody makes it a state. That isn't a state until somebody makes it a state. So it was pulled from land of Maryland and Virginia's across the river. So, you know, it's an interesting geography and it's a swamp. So... I'm sure people who believe in the, you know, who you know, who follow politics deeply believe that it is also a swamp for political reasons. But I'm not going to get into that right now. (laughs) What I will say is that I am I'm a a proud son of this area, and I'm a a proud son of of William Donnell Street and Diane Street. First and foremost, I am a son. I am a, a husband to to Katie, my wife. I'm a father to Elijah and to Ezra. I'm a human, first of all. And one of the most important things that I see when when I ask people how they're doing is they immediately tell me how their business is doing mm. and you know business is really great, and I'm like, "Are you your business you know i am a i'm a man i am a I'm all the things that I previously mentioned, and I am a I'm a very curious guy that is looking to see how far he can push his skin suit while he's living on this planet, mm-hmm. you know? So I am the, the I am also the CEO and founder of the All-In uh, CEO, which is a men's development company. You know, we, we teach business and leadership and we do some really powerful, impactful things and we, which we can get into and talk about. But I'm very proud of the work that you and I have been doing, Lucas. Yeah. I'm very proud of the, I'm very proud of, who I am in this world. Hmm. I'm very proud of the man that I have become, who I've become. And it's really beautiful because of the fact that I am in DC. But one of the things that I needed to do was felt like I needed to do in my journey is I needed to go on my walkabout and moving to LA so that I could find out who I really wanted to be. Uh, because being here around family, uh, you know, the, the magnetic gravitational pull, I have conversations often about escape velocity. And escape velocity is the minimum amount of force necessary to escape a gravitational field. Key minimum.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're trying to get out of the gravitational field of anything, and gravity as an analogy, but if you're trying to re- remove yourself or to shift from one way of being to, to the other, the, all you need to do is the minimum right? The, the maximum can get you to, you know, extraordinary heights, but all you do is the minimum. For me, the minimum amount of force that I needed to execute was to leave DC. And it was leaving DC that I, that I went on my walkabout as they use in Australian terms as somebody who was on their journey to become a man. And I use words like initiate because we have a process called the initiation, but I needed to go on my journey. Mm. And these past 17 years have been the most powerful initiation that I could have ever asked for. And the distinction between surviving something and being initiated It's choice. And I chose to go on this journey. And it is a powerful journey. So I'm glad to be here with you. That's amazing. A
0: couple of things. One, how many people ever actually answer the question, are you
1: your business with yes? I've never directly asked that. But I will say that I think it often. Mm. And I ask it in, in a less confrontational way. Uh, so I asked this conversation with men. I get this kind of from men more so than, than than women. I feel women are more intrinsically aligned to how they feel as an individual. Um, but if I ask a guy how he's doing, a guy will, you know, sometimes guys posture themselves around business. Now, one of the, I would imagine that one of the reasons that guys could posture themselves around their business is because they see a guy like me and they feel like they need to st- stand up or measure up in some way, shape or form. Either because of my physical size or because of just the way that I present myself. They'd be like, whatever, this? man, You're only this big. <laughs> right. On the Looking cameras, you it's right. Like, now, you're this big. <laughs> right, exactly. I like, Who are you? But I'll say, How is the man doing? You know, I say, How is the man? How are you, the man? And then they go, Well, I'm, I'm good. You know, everything is good. And then I, and, and sometimes it takes a third round, sometimes even a fourth. Mm. What is your state of being? They don't know what that means. What do you mean, state of being? Like, you know, I'm good. I'm, I've, I've been, I'm being, I'm good. How do you feel? And so, the reason why I ask this, why, why, why this is, this, this, I engage in this round, and i not, again, I don't necessarily go four layers deep with everybody that I meet. But one of the things, the reasons I think this is so important is because, you know, who you are. How we show up in the, what, what we what we do is is intrinsically linked to who we are, and one of the things that I that I, I see people who identify themselves as when you identify your, identify yourself as what you do, then people then, then that subsequently tells people who you are because that you think that you are what you do, and I am not what I do, I am who I am, mm. and uh, and so the I am statement right state of being what is your state of existence. It is the I am. And so I am, you know, I am at a at a foundational level. I am I am I am this beautiful confluence tapestry of all these experiences and I and, 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 and ideas. And and part of the 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 goal that I really feel like is really really powerful is that I want to experience who you are as a person,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what your beliefs are, what your thoughts are, what you stand for, what you don't. What you what you rail against, you know, like those types of things. Because at the foundational level, Lucas, one of the reasons I ask guys, who, 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 the, I feel like people don't tell you who they are, is because they're afraid to tell the motherfucking truth. Is mm. they're afraid to tell what they actually believe, so they adopt philosophy from other things and other activities and politics and business and everything like that because they don't just want to tell you what's on their heart. So, yeah.
0: I get it. I love it. You know, there there are a couple of different ways we could play with that. One of them is, you know, we we live our entire life through a story that we're telling ourselves in our heads. It's permanent, constant, all the time. You tell a story about how you're going to hop on this podcast. You told a story this morning about how you were going to get up and, and take care of your kids and your wife and, you know, mess around with your brother a little bit, right? If we tell the wrong kinds of stories and by wrong, I don't mean I'm judging, but sort of like if we, if we tell stories in our heads about who we are in our, in the world, and it doesn't include a who, you know, it doesn't include the human element, right? You said, first and foremost, I'm a human. If, if we, if we forget to tell that, then it may actually be true to that person that they are their business. Another piece, and, and this one might blow the whole, the whole lid off this Most people probably don't want to enter into a conversation when they're asked, you know, how are you doing by saying, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm fucking broke. I have $14,000 worth of credit card debt. I'm behind on my taxes. I don't, you know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I'm surviving, but I, you know, I, I don't fucking like it. I'm, I feel like I'm stressed out all the fucking time and I just can't take it. That's not the way that, that comfortable conversations happen and, probably people have realized after having one conversation like that, that that's not the way they want to carry on their life. And so they create a facade. They create a mask and they carry that mask for their own benefit and for yours. And when you say, how you doing? What they don't realize is that you're the person with whom they can actually have that conversation. They can actually talk about that shit, the shit that's going on in their life. And and you're not gonna walk away and be like, dude, why'd you fucking dump that stuff on me? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. I I I love the 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 facade. One thing I will offer in that two two things that I want to speak to this is that the mask is perceivably for my benefit. Mm-hmm. It is a hundred percent for your own. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, people say, I'm just trying to, to, you know, I'm trying to do what's best for you, <laughs> you know, how, how do you know, how do you know what's best, you know, in that context? And you are absolutely spot on when you say that if there's anybody in this world who has cultivated a deeper understanding and awareness of himself, who has the ability to be able to navigate and help possibly even just listen, I don't offer advice or or to, I don't offer unsolicited advice ever ever. And one of the reasons that people, I, I would imagine that people do not share the deepest, darkest aspects of what they're going on or the highest highs, right? Yo, I just got this this promotion and everything is great in my life. And they go, well, I don't want to share those things because yeah, everybody else in my community is not doing as great as I'm doing. So I need to, to mute myself or mute my success to accomplish this, to, to, to make sure that I don't stand up. No tall poppy, I'm, I'm using all these Australian terms like I'm Australian. Walk about all time. I'm like, I, I ain't never been to Australia a day in my life. <laughs> so, but, but the but the idea is that in this in this context is that there's so much there's so much there's, there's this dance right. The masking is like oh I need to put myself lower. I don't want to seem too high. I don't want to seem too low. So so where is the middle? How does the middle work? I'm like you know. So this so this is where the, the the this is where the disease of suppression starts to live. And so when you when that disease of suppression, when you start swallowing and hiding and masking your truth, your ability to generate income, to develop authentic relationships, to become a galvanizing magnetizing force in the context of your community, to be a leader, to effectively Regulate your own health. Suppression, in and of itself, is a is a is a is a powerful contributor to disease. It is a powerful contributor to to disease. And they go, why is that? Let me just give you this real quick breakdown. Your body is a bar. It is a bar, and it is always making cocktails. Mm, That's right. And these cocktails that your body is making consist of chemicals, and those chemicals we have labeled as emotions, mm-hmm. and in these chemical cocktails, your body, as a bar, is making constantly. And your suppression of these chemical cocktails, or your inability to understand how to regulate, how to move through, how to how to navigate, how to journey through these chemical cocktails, is causing a significant amount of internal of internal disease, discomfort, anxiety overwhelmed and it's all and 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 one of the greatest valves that you have or opportunities that you have simply is to release and speak in the greatest form of truth that you have the ability to do so but many people have not simply cultivated that alone so we live in the mask mm. we live in this we live in the narrative we do what we feel is best for you so that we can have comfortable conversation it is a pleasure to meet you Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome tired of, this shit. tired of this shit tired, tired, tired tired with bleach tired
0: <laughs> yeah tell me about your community I know I know of at least two of your communities which one do you want to talk about
1: let's talk about the all-in man yeah, and I'll just say this: This is a, a nod to my past. Is you know the, the I realized in my life that I was living behind the same masks that you spoke of. The reason I am so dedicated to the work that I do is because of the fact. It's contributed to the fact, at least, by the fact that I used to be a guy who would go around having casual, com- you know, casual, comfortable conversation. Even though I, I was, I leaned more in the idea of how I would love to have more thought-provoking and interesting conversation with individuals. I would, I would tend to lean away from it because I did not identify who I really wanted to be. So I didn't identify the human. I didn't know that I identified him as a man. I didn't know any of those different things. All that I knew was that I lived by a default mechanism, which was everyone else's perception.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, and by and so, I, and so that put me in a situation where I was like, I, I, I was in my, my my quote unquote rock bottom sandwich, you know. And so, you know, I was I call it rock bottom because I was already at rock bottom, and rock bottom smashed on top of me, you know, like a Oreo cookie, and I'm the filling. You know, I'm financially broke. <laughs> Emotionally broken, two DUIs, girlfriend's paying the bills, forty pounds overweight. I mean, my life is literally just boom, like a mess.
2: Hmm.
1: And and that was the, some of the hardest periods in my life. But but one of the things that I realized is that is that you know everybody pays tuition, and that was and that was my and that was part of my tuition. And then when you step it into a learning process about who you choose to be. When you step into a process of being, where you feel like you're being challenged, when you step into a process where you feel like you're being, you know, in your, when you're in a relationship situation, a financial situation, any of those different situations, when I found myself in those situations, what I realized is that I wasn't necessarily just being challenged, I was being initiated. And so the idea of the all in man is about a man who lives in the deepest forms of alignment, which is the all and integrity. Right. And so can I be a man that is in alignment and an in integrity with myself? And and to step into that, to journey from that, many men are struggling with some really significant issues in their lives. Right. And and the and, the, and they don't realize it until they have a powerful mirror. And that mirror generally comes from being in a marriage where you're either on autopilot or the wife, your wife is, you know, hit you with three word phrase. We need therapy and the bottom line is that that we need therapy is usually the recipe for, for the fact that there's, a, there's you know the, the, there's some pending paperwork or that there's some real issues in the context of your relationship right you know guys who have been struggling with really finding their purpose and finding their why and and people guys who have literally gone through situations where they have where they where they have all only identified themselves as their career and all of their important relationships have started to devolve and so the community that I have built is about men who have, who literally are, who are, who, who are in that awareness that there is a greater level of purpose, of honor, of intention, mm-hmm. that reverence for the lives that they get to step into. And my invitation is: Look, man, if you are at that situ- that point in your life, then it's time for you to go all in. And my mission on this, my mission on this planet is to initiate a million men into their greatness. That is it, is initiate a million men into the next level of their greatness and to continue to build a world where men who step into greater greater leadership, who step into greater awareness of who they can be, literally become champions of what's possible in their lives and become protectors of women, of children, and they can achieve the highest levels of success that they want to achieve in their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the, so the, the, the work that I do is with men to step into the next level of their lives. And it's been the most profound work that I've ever done.
0: That's beautiful. So it's not necessarily about telling everybody you speak, speak with that you're in debt and you're behind on your taxes and you're living paycheck to paycheck. It's about being able to have that conversation when it's invited hmm Right? So it's it's not always, but it's also not never. Yeah. Yeah. And the people and, who and are they, broken yeah. are the ones who are on the two ends of that extreme, right? The, the always is and the nevers.
1: Yes. And so there are the always is, yes, the always is. There are people that live in the always, in the, in the constant purging of what it is that they are experiencing.
0: An employee you, like that.
1: Uh, right. So... One of the things I tell people is that is that, is it's really important to understand the purpose of communication. And but a really important distinction. So when I say communication in this context, I'm specifically talking about language, mm-hmm. right? Communication. Ninety-five percent of communication is nonverbal. So when I'm so in this context, I'm simply talking about language. And you have to understand the intention of the language that you use. And if you don't understand the, the intention of your language, if you don't understand the intention of, of 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 what language is for, or if you don't know who you are, so if you don't know who you are, you don't know what your language is for, then you just get caught in a never ending cycle of feeling and purging whatever it is that you are feeling. Mm. Here's rule number one, Lucas. I am not my feelings. Mm. Yeah, I am not my thoughts. I am not my feelings.
0: I'm not my business.
1: <laughs> I'm not my business, yeah. Right? So I'm so so. then the question is, Is well, then how do I get to communicate what it is that I actually feel? Right? Because I want to tell you everything that's going on with me, or I don't want to tell you anything that's going on with me because telling you my feelings means that I'm inadequate, incompetent, capable, or impotent. Which is generally one of the reasons that men don't share what they feel. Because shame shows up in men as those four things incompetent, incapable, impotent. I don't want to feel weak as a result of sharing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Or the guys who want to purge constantly because, But so the idea is that if I'm communicating to you, Lucas, everything that's going on with me, right? If I'm purging and purging and purging and purging, right, with no intention in mind, then what essentially it is, is it is attention-seeking behavior. Yeah. It is the immature masculine. It is the version of us that is literally purging using language to seek attention because they don't know how to tend to their own needs. That's number one. Right. And so the, and so the, the the converse of that is the guy who does not want to communicate his, his truth because of the fact that, like I said, incompetent, incompetent, incapable or impotent. So I don't want to feel any of those things. So also another, the extreme form of not being able to voice one's needs, Mm. not being able to voice one's needs and desires. And so, and so they they both exist as suppression. It's just that one comes with more language.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, in this context, so what people do is we model. So, when people, so we're, you and I are having a conversation, and we are using language because we're on a podcast, and the and the and this medium, this content medium, requires language and conversation and interaction and all these other things. Right? Yeah. That's what the intention is. It, it wouldn't work so well if we didn't talk. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't work so well if we didn't talk. But and so then, what people do is is some some guys they take they model the way that they communicate and they talk like they're be, like they're ha- having a conversation, being interviewed. Mm. This is one of I'm like, oh yeah, some, I've seen it. People communicate like they're being interviewed, and so one of the one of the ways that I've seen this is that, especially in the context of community, is that. Interview communication, like the medium in which you are communicating, dictates the way that you communicate. But I would never communicate with somebody the way I would communicate with somebody in a fucking interview.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really awful. This is a bad communication to communication methodology inherently, and in a conversation where I'm looking to create authenticity, vulnerability, and in some form of rapport with an individual. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you one of the best of the best examples. Right. Is when I am in communication with somebody, when I'm in communication with someone like in in casual conversation, I mirror and repeat what they say. I mirror often. And one of the reasons I mirror people say, well, you know, why are you mirroring? Like, you know, are you mirroring to build rapport? Are you mirroring? I'm like, look, the, the reasons that I mirror in conversation or I confirm, Right, I mirror, I summarize or I confirm that is acknowledgement. I acknowledge what people say to me. In all contexts. I even do. I mean, I even do it. I even use some of the words that you say to me in my language. But I mine your language, mining it. I mine your language so that I I form a deeper understanding and awareness of what it is that you are saying, so that I can find a greater possibility in it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So, but you're, the one, but the one using
0: language the way it's supposed to be used.
1: Well, I, I hope so. Right. I ho- I hope I'm using it the way it's supposed to be used. But the flip side of it is that. Is that I see people who literally bypass each other, and they only communicate what they have to say. Mm. I only sh- so you say something to me. I just you say like just just say something real quick, like like ask a question, for instance.
0: Sanika, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing great. Right, maybe this isn't the best example. But, uh, but but the the greatest the greatest the, the the greatest form of this that I've witnessed, Lucas, is that when I experience people who are um, who oh, are not. How about this? Yo, what's up? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yo, what's up? Right. Just just, just nothing. Everything. You know, everything is going on with my business. You know, we just did this project, and then the narrative just goes on. Mm. Right. We just did this project. talk about this thing. We're just doing this thing. And and and. And I I believe that one of the greatest, most beautiful components of language, especially in the context of of creating community, is that language is used to build relationship. Mm -hmm. Language is for relationship. And for the people who either incessantly communicate, meaning like who only communicate what it is that they have to say, who don't ask questions, which is the greatest crime against humanity and relationship that ever existed. Oh, yeah. It is the greatest crime. If you, This is part of interview language, right? You say something, I say something. You say something, I say something. If you say something to me, Lucas, and I ask you a question about it, how do you feel about that? And then after you answer, I ask you another question. I double down on the question. And that, you get two questions from me about what you just shared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I I didn't tell you about what's happening in my business or in my world or any of those things like that. Well, why? Because I use language to build relationship. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I use language to mine information. People think that when they tell you what's going on with them or when they tell you that that's going to build community because they feel like it's building authority. And so they tell you what's happening with them because they feel like it builds authority. Let me make this apparently and abundantly clear so that I'm going to break this down so it is forever broken. The person who is asking the questions is the person who is leading the conversation. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So if you would like to find yourself in greater leadership and capacity of any other areas of your life, stop fucking talking to people about what everything is going on in your universe and start asking questions. The person who is leading this conversation that you and I are in is you. I just want to make that abundantly clear, right? It does not diminish... Take away from me. Not at all. It means you are in leadership of this conversation and I default, surrender, and submit to your leadership in this conversation. That is it. But there's so much bullshit about people who just want to communicate what they have to say and then they want to know why they're extricated from community, why they don't have community, why people don't want to be around your monkey ass sometimes, and why the hell they're trying to figure out why you can't get further ahead in the areas of which that you're looking to get a, to get ahead in it's because you're trying to use language to create authority subconsciously but that's not one of the most effective uses of language leadership has been modeled and effectively for you boom i could go on in this context but i just want to default to that that was beautiful
0: oh to summarize because that was amazing. People need to hear that twice. In fact, probably people should listen to that section twice or three times themselves, hear from you. But to summarize, community is built via relationships. Relationships are built via communication. Um, The most powerful way to build relationships and the most powerful use of the tool of communication is asking questions and listening and by asking questions you're demonstrating and giving yourself an opportunity to exercise leadership and building that relationship because and this is true every single person wants to feel seen and heard every single person and the best gift you can give a person is to see them and hear them and that's what you do Sanyika, and you model and you bring men into through your leadership.
1: Amen. Aho, Ashe. Amen. Thank you for that summary. I wanna add in there one footnote is, please be mindful that communication is a powerful tool. Language is a component of communication. It's a component. The other aspects of our communication, energetic, physical, like nonverbal communication is the other component of it is silence. Yeah. While we are in this interview, we are having a conversation. We are using language. We are sparring or or sort of volleying language back and forth. But the other component that I use in my normal conversation is silence. You will create exponentially. Exponentially greater results in your life if you literally learn this one powerful phrase shut the fuck up just shut up to you not from you to you yeah to you right <laughs> right so when you speak to me I I generally speaking and I would say it takes I, I take about a two to three second mo- pause in general when I'm receiving information to absorb what someone just said. And that pause, because I used to be impulsive. I would literally just many times just respond, right?
0: Shit, you um, probably started responding before they were finished speaking. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know how that feels. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, and then they respond before someone's speaking and then they, and then, uh, the idea is like, well, I'm going to respond before someone's speaking and, or I'm just going to hold on to that thing that I feel like I really need to say. Mm. So I'm going to stop listening because I don't want to lose the train of thought that I just had. But there's something beautiful that's happening in you, Lucas, even in this moment right now, like I'm tapping into like just my connection with you and whatever's happening with you. If I can shift my internal compass to being more concerned, more aware, more curious about what's happening with you, what's happening in you, what's being said and what isn't being said. If I can become more aware of what's happening in that, let me explain something to you people. For those people, it it boosts. Your authority. It does. It operates in the converse of what people think are actually. So it, it, it does. It does the thing that you thought talking all the time was going to do. And this is why I talk about when we talk about community, the element of community. I don't know if you want to get in this now, but but the element of community that connects with me the most is is the heart. Can we dig into that? I think now's perfect time for that. Great. You know, we're talking on technology right now. And I recently went to see Jordan Peterson in, in person. And many people have varying opinions about Jordan Peterson. You know, people go, well, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Jordan Peterson says. And he has some extreme points of view, which I don't agree with. Also, I don't agree with everything my wife says as well. Hmm. Um, so.
0: We can have really powerful relationships with people we don't agree with.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, But one of the things that he did say that was so beautiful, he said that as technology... There's a quote. He quoted somebody else. He said, as technology increases, so should our ability to do good. And as... And as and as technology has increased, as you know, Moore's law has been sort of eradicated because technology has been increasing at such a rapid pace. Mm. Is is that technology has outpaced our ability to do good, and and so we're literally just trying to keep up with technology, as opposed to seeking to be humans in a technological world.
0: That's a really powerful statement that I don't agree with Mm. right now you and I are 2,000 miles apart we're having a conversation about leadership language and being connected to the person right that common heart being really deeply connected to the people inside of the community that we are members of at 2,000 miles apart And when we're done with this, this this is going to be made available to the entire world. I mean, I mean, think about like we we don't even have a way to think about what it means to make something available to the entire world. People are going to pick up their little toys that they carry around. They're 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 massively incredible supercomputers that go in their pockets, which, by the way, five of the seven billion living people in the world today have one of these things. They're going to pick it up and they're going to plug in their earpiece and they're going to go fold laundry while they're listening to you give the magic key to being a better leader in your own life. Technology has absolutely not outpaced our capacity to do good. Um, and this technology right here is making it possible for you and me right now to create a, an everlasting message that people will have access to in order to be able to be better humans.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna absorb what you just shared. And I appreciate that that distinction. Um you know I I, I definitely find myself in a space where this the question always comes back is how do I communicate with more heart? How do I, how do I extend and give my heart in that? And, and then what, and what's the benefit of it, right? What's the, what's the, what's the benefit of it, especially in the context of what it means to build community. Right. I the There's a dis- distinction between being, being alone and being lonely. Mm hmm. Right. And when I find people who are who are, you know, some people who are physically alone. Right. And when I find people who are in in environments of individuals and they feel lonely, it's because they don't feel it's because they don't feel loved. And to me, love the root of love, no pun intended with your last name or maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit. but, But the root of love is is being seen and heard. Mm hmm. You see someone, you hear someone, you love them. That's what love feels like, with a deep form of care, right? I see you, I hear you, because I care about you. And and my my desire is to show people that I care. And, you know, the, the, the way that I feel about the heart is, you know, I use the analogy about uh, grandma's house. And because to me, grandma, when you go to grandma's house, grandma and grandpa, whichever one operated in that space for you, they, they operated in the highest form of leadership. They were the greatest form of leadership. We generally see leadership in the context of, you know, authoritarianism or dictatorship or people yielding their leadership against others for influence and for power and for money and for all those different things. But I just think about grandma's house is that when you go to grandma's house, when you go to your grandma's house, the first thing I ask people is if you were hungry and you went over grandma's house and grandma offered you something to eat, would you eat? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You're damn straight. I just came back from the buffet, but grandma offered some food, so I'm going to have some food, you know? And 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 I, I and people go, well, you're, is grandma force-feeding you? I'm like, no, you're, you're eating because, you know, it's to show reverence, right, to show respect. And because you know grandma has your greatest interest in mind. You know grandma has your greatest interest in mind. Not only is grandma making you food, Grandma knows where you like to sit. Grandma knows where you like to hang your jacket. Mm-hmm. Grandma knows you know the favorite game that you like to play. She knows all of those different things. She understands your unique needs as a human. Mm. And 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 when we talk about being in the context of community and leadership in community is that you actually your greatest gift and your greatest superpower in the context of community is heart. And because of the fact that because you are you are operating for the greater good you're operating with the greater good in mind, and and so there's this, you know. So for men, you know, there's the the idea about being the alpha male or being the being a leader in in dominance or in that context. And even the guy, you you may be familiar with the guy who came up with the the concept of the alpha male. He did a TED talk basically debunking it because. You know, somebody was saying about the, the, you know, about the alpha male is the one, is the one who's in front, is the one who's the most dominant, is the one who's all this other kind of stuff. I'm the alpha in this context. I'm the leader, I'm the boss. Uh, and the, and, and so I, I was having a conversation with a leadership team and this guy was talking to me and he said, you know, I don't, he, he just got promoted into a leadership position. He was a, he was like a freelancer and a producer in a movie studio. <clears throat> And then he got promoted to a leadership position. He was like, I don't feel comfortable being on top. And I said, on top of the hierarchy. I said, oh, for real? He said, yeah. So I don't feel comfortable being on top of the hierarchy, you know, like being a leader. And then I said, can I offer like another look on that? He said, yeah. I said, instead of looking at leadership like this, like the hierarchy like this, Mm. how about you look at it like this? And then I turned my hand from vertical to horizontal yeah and i said how about like this and then i said is the leader in the front or in the back and then he said in the front i said are you sure <laughs> and then he goes <clears throat> i said the leader is wherever they need to be that's right and the reason that the leader is wherever they need to be is because they are tending they are they are tending to and understanding the individual needs of the people in the group And then so some people listen to this analogy. They go, well, I have leadership that's not doing that. Well, that's ineffective leadership. That's ineffective leadership. It's not effective leadership. If you are in an environment where people are not tending to your individual needs, then that's ineffective leadership. And here's the other component. If you are in an environment where where you are surrounded by ineffective leadership and you are not speaking to the ineffectiveness of the leadership, then that is ineffective leadership in you. Mm-hmm. And so we get to rise and this, in, the, the, in one of the best ways I've seen, the most powerful ways I've seen this is in, is in marriages and in relationships. I'm telling you, man, I had a conversation, I had a conversation with a client a couple days ago with him and his partner and on a zoom call. I had them going through an exercise <laughs> where they were looking at each where they were looking at each other, and they were interrupting each other, both of them mm-hmm. interrupting each other, communicating what they felt with, with little to no intention other than voicing what it is that they wanted to say. They didn't didn't know how to effectively communicate their needs. They didn't ask each other questions. They didn't refer to each other in first person. You know, it, it wasn't, it was like, I, you know, I gave them a prompt and I said, and here's the, and I say, here's the prompt. The prompt is, you know, you know, the, the way that I, they we're grading each other in the context of the relationship. And I was like, the prompt is, you know, as it relates to our relationship, the, the way that I feel about our, our ability to show each other affection is blank grade. Right. And then, and it was like, well, the reason that I feel this way is because I'm like, are you talking to me? Are you talking to them? Because if I was talking to you, I say, Lucas, the reason that I feel this way is because X, Y, and Z. Mm. But there was so much fear in addressing each other directly, right? There's so much distance. There's so much. And listen, this is why you do the work. And by the work, I mean the personal development work, the trauma work. The because because there's because the, the wounding becomes so real from who we were as kids. Me, who I was as a, as a child coming up, you know, in in, in in DC, is that if you don't do or dig into this work and it shows up in the most important aspects of your life. And so when you're trying to create a powerful relationship, when you're trying to create a marriage, when you're trying to create a, 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 a sore in your life, your community is your family. That's the fuel. That's the that is the ground, that is the foundational fuel of your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we're not cultivating family. That's why I use grandma. Because if we can create a powerful core, then that powerful core has the ability to grow and to extend itself into the secondary and the tertiary aspects of our of our relationships. But the thing is that if I can communicate to you and you can feel like you're having a conversation with, with, with somebody who deeply cares about your life, which I do, Lucas, right? And then if I have a conversation, then, then, then that level of heart and that level of love and that level of intention has the ability to extend itself exponentially into other aspects of, of our, of our business lives. And I'll tell you one thing. If anybody you go and you communicate to about me, like they, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if they would necessarily call me the smartest guy. I don't necessarily know if they would call me the most successful. I don't necessarily, I don't know what they would call me. Right and all those things are the aspects of that which i consider myself i consider my you know we've created a really powerful and successful business i've created all you know i feel like i've increased my expanded my level of intelligence over over my life but here's the thing i don't think necessarily think they would describe me as any of those things i think one of the things that they would describe me as is somebody who just cared yeah i think they would just be like he really cares and then they may use any other combination of different ways to describe but if if i die on this planet tomorrow today right now after this call if you hit the button right if you literally hear no more sound and the only thing that people felt as a result of me being on this planet was that i deeply cared i have done my work
0: you've done your work that's that's what you want your tombstone to say he cared
1: he cared He cared. Mm. Because if I cared, then that level of care in the context of what you just shared about, you know, about the and I appreciate that that you, you know, disagreed about the idea of how technology has helped us to scale our ability. And I and I believe in certain aspects of that, for sure. One of the things I will say is that I would love to see a a genuine concern for other people, a genuine desire to achieve the greater good at scale. Right. Literally impacting billions of people and people knowing that they are seen and that they are heard and that they are cared about. Because I believe that in that, in this space, like with these types of us operating in that way, then it has the ability to, to create a really powerful, a powerful world. And it's a powerful world because I feel like in that world, it's a world where everyone can reach the greatest heights that they were called on this planet to reach. Hmm. But here's the thing, and I'll just say this real real quick, is that I believe that every person receives the call from God. Everybody gets a call from God to reach into the the next level of their greatness. But everybody doesn't answer the phone.
0: Yeah. Because they're busy.
1: Because they're busy. Stop being busy. Talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> busy about being busy. So, my intention is to to invite guys into the idea of of what it means to to go all in, and to and to literally answer the call, right? To step into a deeper form of purpose, intention, and to create powerful families. To, to be guys that really represent the greatest possibility of who they could become and, and to be beacons on this planet for what is possible when men step into greater leadership.
0: The all in men. Indeed. A uh, couple of questions as we wrap up the first one, but not the last, where can
1: people find you? Website is the, T-H-E, all in, dot com, or the new website, which is all in, all dash I-N dot M-E-N, all dash N dot men.
0: Mm. All in men, all dash N dot men. It's going to be in the show notes. Thank you. I love this. My guess is you're going to have a few people reaching out, I hope cuz I hope that people want to seek the kind of leadership that I have sought and learn to to master themselves. Yeah, amazing. Second question. This is the curveball. What question would you like me to have asked you that I did not?
1: Why do you only work with men?
0: Indeed. Sanika, why do you only work with men?
1: You know, I had a train of thought and I decided to, I decided I found a better train of thought in response to that. Well, number one, the the primary reason is because I am a man. And not only because of the fact that I am a man, but I'm a man that did not understand what it meant to be a man. Mm. People talk about the greatest masculinity is under attack. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah by trans men and lgbt and gay men for what it's worth i don't feel under attack <laughs> got it yeah well i will tell you this masculinity is under attack but laid by the trans community it ain't by the gay community you want to know who's attacked by is under attack by the same men who don't choose to be men mm. yeah who have existed in perpetuity for as long as I have been alive. The same men who do not want to step up as fathers and as husbands in their lives. The same men that do not want to raise their children. The same men that do not want to step into greater leadership. The same men that do not want to understand how to what it means to be emotionally available to your children, so that you can actually teach them how to navigate through life. Those are the same. It's been attacked by. It's been under attack by guys who do not choose to step into that. And so then we redirect the conversation. We redirect the conversation to the media propaganda. And I understand that there's a vast, a vast amount of conversation around, you know, what masculinity is and where it exists on the spectrum and all those different things. But I will tell you that the people that is under attack. Listen, I, I have come to a deeper place of compassion in relationship to my father. I have. But even in my soul, there's still there still exists some bits of resentment for the fact that he did not show want to show up and choose to be a man. That he did not want to be a leader in my life. Now, understand this. I am not fault. I am grateful to him. Because my father helped me disprove one really powerful thing. Boys don't need their fathers. Hmm. Boys don't need their fathers. They don't. And there's a lot of guys walking around because, you know, a boy needs his dad. Like, look, a boy doesn't need his father. My father is proof. My father left when I was seven. I didn't have my father, so if, that, if I didn't have my father, so then the question is: Well, how do I how do I cultivate this deeper understanding of what it means to be a man? I cultivated it because a boy needs a, guy, a boy needs a man who loves him and who shows him how to love himself. Mm-hmm. That is what boys need. That is what that is what youth need. That's what our young men need. They need men who love them and who teach them to love themselves because from that place when you have a man who does that that is the that is how we step up in this world as men and so what i realized in this in that context is that i didn't need this because because that that phrase a boy needs his father operates under a really faulty premise that that most men are, are that all men are, are are effective as fathers and they're not they could
0: be but they're not there's
1: yeah yeah, yeah they could be but they're not Right? There are people, there are kids who operate with parents who are violent or abusive, drug abuse, all types of different situational circumstances that exist in their home. Men with fathers grow up with fathers. So then what do they need? We need men who love them and show them how to love themselves. That is what we, that is the, that is the, those are the men that we need. And so when I talk about the idea of being all in as men, I'm saying that, nah, dude, you ain't your business. And when you die on your tombstone, you're, you, they are not going to put, Your Q1 quarterly earnings? (laughs) No, I hope not. They might, yeah, but if they do, God be with them, right? Your kids will remember did he care about me? Did he love me? Was he present? And I will tell you this is that at the present moment, I am in DC also for another reason. My father is dying. And my father is is pre Parkinson's. He's had heart attack. He's had a stroke, and I mean, he can barely get sentences out. And when I tell you that I am in the process, but my personal responsibilities is to see my father when I as I am here and to visit him. And the thing about me visiting my father is that even in my heart, in this moment, I am going with the deepest level of compassion that I have to pay honor and respect to the fact that he helped me to be on this planet, and at the same time. The idea is that you don't want your children to see you when you are dying and to know that you didn't give a shit about their life.
0: You're damn right I don't.
1: That is not, that is not what you want. I want he cared. I wanted to. And even with me going, even with me being up there, even with me being present. Is that if you want your kids to, to, to live into the legacy that you that you believe to honor your to honor your family and your family's name and heritage, to, to 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 live as a reflection of how you showed up in this world, then it is time for you to go all in. It's time for you literally to show up as the man that you know you need to be. I am complete. Thank you, my brother. I love you. Lucas, or Sir Lucas from the House of (laughs) Root. I love you as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week on Elements of Community. Make sure to visit our website, elementsofcommunity.us, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.